This is the Wildflower Bee Farm Podcast for Saturday, November 7th, 2020. Now, the weather here in southern Ontario has been absolutely fantastic. We hit probably 21, 22 degrees today. I'll have to check the different um, thermostats we have around the property, but it's it's been incredibly warm, and the bees are just out. Believe it or not, they're out collecting pollen and nectar. Now, if you have a look, if, if you're a member, go to wildflowerbeefarm.com. I just finished the video for the week, and we just had an incredible video of what's going on at a hive during uh, this time of the year. Now, we have some crimson clover that's blooming. Even though we had a frost, some of it survived, and the bees were working that today. If you go to Instagram, follow us at wildflowerbeefarm.com or Facebook, you can see the little clip I put of a bee working crimson clover today. We also have some yellow uh, sweet clover that just keeps coming back. We had frost. A lot of it's all gone to seed, but there's still some flowers. Uh, saw some white heath aster today. Believe it or not, some some goldenrod. So we found some goldenrod just starting to bloom, just little little pockets of goldenrod, and the bees were out working today. It was just it was just an amazing day, and I thought, and, and I mean, if you're if you're listening to this and you're an expert beekeeper, you might wonder, you might know more about this because I thought after a certain period of time, the workers were pretty much gone, and it was up to the winter bees in November to begin to take care of things, but. The, the amount of bees that were out foraging today was just just mind-boggling. The, um, the other good news is we planted just yesterday, finished planting all of the uh, tall grass, prairie, prairie tall grass, and also the wildflower seed. Um, thanks to St. William's Nursery that um, provided us with the seed, and I was able to get it all in yesterday. Um, so the entire 50-acre property is now set for the for the bees, pollinators, nature, wildlife. It's it's quite it was quite an amazing day yesterday to finish that project. Um, in in planting, uh, pretty much people have asked me, well, how did you do that? Well, we we had a section um, at the back that had some uh, clover that we planted just to sort of keep the weeds back this year. So we disc that. We first we chopped it, we bush hogged it, and then we. Um, Disted. I disted about four weeks ago, and then I disted again this week just before planting. Then we used a broadcaster to broadcast the seed. Now, the seed for the wildflowers was very fine, so we had to go over the land first with that seed, and then we went to the tall grass prairie, which was a really interesting kind of seed. It was not seen anything like it. It almost looked like a, a barley seed, if you will. It was... Um, it was it was quite unique, so it took me a while to get the settings right on the on the spreader, but got it all right evenly across the property and did about 18 acres in total of planting. The rest we have in clover and we have a bush as well, and the ponds. So once I broadcast it, then I was able to roll it with a large roller down into the soil to cover it a little bit, so that it would be able to take off. And the experts told me that you know we shouldn't incorporate it too much into the soil, especially the wildflowers not good for them so hopefully this will be a nice balance and everything will be able to take off in the spring um, so the bees were flying um, i want to talk a little bit today if you're a beekeeper and, and you're probably following the instructions that we get as beekeepers or in my case a bee helper when i look at all the recommendations whether it be ministry government or university of guelph for the experts you listen to on podcasts the majority of people talk about November, you should be feeding your bees. 
And I did that as well the first few years when I got back into beekeeping. And as a bee helper, I always wonder about that because I know what happens to my system when I uh, eat too much sugar. When I, when I eat some white sugar, I have some real stomach issues. And it's because I don't usually eat sugar. And this was many years ago as a, you know, as a person interested in studying the impact of exercise on various uh, mental health and physical health conditions. I went to Duke University, and at that time, we had to do, uh, for the day to do some assessments, we had to do um, basically dietary intake, what we eat during the day, and it was then analyzed. And when the, when the expert looked at mine, he said, man, you're, eat, you're eating too much sugar. And so I cut back pretty much all my sugar. I used to have sugar in my coffee, got rid of all of that. And... Um, and that's good because you feel a lot better. But the problem is, should you introduce some white sugar, your, your body's going, whoa, what's this? So when I look at the formula for the sugar syrup, or even they call it, I guess, a candy board, which is basically a hard sugar, um, I'm not sure that's the best thing to do for the bees. Um, obviously, they're going to go to it. Uh, because it's got a high uh, percentage concentration of sugar in it, especially if you do a, a two-to-one or even a three-to-one concentration of sugar to water, you're going to have a pretty strong concentration of sugar. And I'm not sure that's healthy for them. Some people talk about the, how that can impact their digestive system, just like you and I can get sick. Think about it. What if, what if we, that was all we had? And that often happens. Sometimes it happens in an emergency, and you don't have a choice as a, a bee helper if you don't have honey to give them, and the, you know, and there's some type of catastrophe. Say your hive is knocked over by a bear or a tree branch, and and you have to try to feed them in an emergency situation. Obviously, you're going to do what you can, but as a regular practice, I'm not sure that's the best. And I wondered about. How much of that has to do with the amount of honey taken from bees? And as you know, here at the Wildflower Bee Farm, we do not take, we're not about honey. So most of our bees have all the honey that they have um, pro produced this year, uh, whether it's in a single or a double, meaning there are two boxes. Um, we have one triple, but those are medium. So there's a, there's a deep on the bottom and there's two smaller boxes above just as an experimental sort of situation. And they all have their own honey. They have incredible amounts of honey. They could survive well into late spring if they had to. Now, there's there, there's a not really a controversy. It's, it's, it's a practice that people uh, do, and that's what we're told to do, feed sugar syrup to keep your bees um, nourished. But I really think if you if you let them keep the honey and, and you you're not about you know that much honey, I think there's a way. For example, many of our hives um, who have who are singles or doubles, we could have added other supers or boxes, and they would have gladly filled them with honey because there was so much going on here at the farm. But that would have been a totally different reason to have the bees, and, and our reason to have the bees is to create solid hives that we can eventually. Um, you know, sell in some cases uh, give to the public so that we can continue to expand uh, what's happening with healthy bees in our environment. I more and more believe in the in the habitat as being in, in the micro habitat, as I talked about in, in, in previous uh, podcasts and also at wildflowerbeefarm.com, because as we tour the farm today twice and we can see 
that in one situation, you know, a hive might be in, for example, the pine grove hive that's in the actual pine trees, had a bit of sun, but generally speaking, it was much cooler. It's also cooler inside the hive than other hives. So they, they are actually clustering. Where if you walk around the corner, a hive in full sun, um, they're working to get nectar and pollen. And other hives, you can tell because they're, they're, they don't have a significant amount of bees, even though that we have internal monitoring uh, with sensors, so we know that they're healthy. Um, they seem to not have the same activity levels. Another hive we visited um, seemed to be getting rid of drones today. Now, that we're talking November here, and they're doing some behavior that normally we would see in September. So maybe the bees are telling us something, not just because of the microclimate, the macro habitat, the micro habitat, but also what's happening temperature-wise. They've sort of seemed to push the calendar back a little bit. So, so that's one of the aspects on the farm here. So on the one hand, we're very excited to have uh, finished the planting of all the wildflowers in the tall grass prairie. And on the other, we're very excited as well to see the activity of our bees. Now, obviously, we're, we're always going into the winter, winter with some concerns, although they all have all of the Langstroth hives have um, moisture blankets that we made out of uh, screening and, and pine shavings. And also the the top bar highs we put some hemp sheets above uh, in the space to give it a little more moisture uh, conductivity so we're, we're hoping that you know the minor helping that we're providing them and the, and the micro and macro habitats will help them be healthy throughout the winter we will be continuing to monitor them with um, heat sensor uh, technology so we'll be able to take pictures and show what's happening in the hive from the outside. We'll also be able to continue to monitor. We have 10 monitors, 10 of our hives are being monitored with uh, different technology to give us some insight into how they're going to handle the winter. And our goal is in the spring then to take all that data and look at how healthy those hives are. Did they survive and can the data tell us anything about what's happening in this uh, climate? Now, some people talk about you know, the, the different relationship between temperature, humidity, and hive health. But we know that because every climate is different, every microhabitat and macrohabitat is so different that you need to look at the hives in your situation, which is why it's important, I think, to, to get involved in some form of monitoring with what you're doing with your bees. The, the flowers that have really uh, amazed how they continue to be resilient, how they continue to to bloom even though we've had some pretty rough weather about a couple of weeks ago um, if you went out there now you wouldn't believe the time of year we're in and the bees are certainly enjoying it the the final thought uh, is about um, just overall what makes sense to you so when you go online and read if you're a, a new beekeeper or if you're wondering about bees and you go in and you look at all of the different opinions on pretty much everything uh, I think it's really important to listen, but then to open up your mind to other opportunities and possibilities with what might be happening in your backyard or in your actual hive. And even though we're winding sort of down the activity level in our first year um, of beekeeping in the sense of in this environment where we're, we're creating this refuge for pollinators, and we'll be talking more about all the other pollinators and natural ones we've got on video that, that are suddenly making this home. Um, you want to be able to use a strategy that's consistent with what your beliefs are. Don't follow what we're doing. Don't follow 
what anyone's doing. Find things that make sense for you and, and learn from uh, what's out there. So this week on the farm, we're going to continue to collect a great deal of video where uh, Mary's doing a great job with the videography of all what's happening in the hives. We'll continue to do monitoring. We're going to look at more of the data and see if we can get some insight into bee activity and what's happening. We're going to basically start putting things away for the winter as far as our own equipment and making sure that we're all set for the spring. So I'm Hank from the Wildflower Bee Farm. You have an amazing week. Um, Remember, you can go to wildflowerbeefarm.com and join us in our, in our journey. And look forward to speaking with you again next time.